0: Hello, everybody. My name is Marcelo Gonzalez. I am one of the youth that go to this church, and I would like for you guys to stand up for the reading of the Bible. Please turn to First Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4. We'll be reading from verse 1. Everybody's there. Instead of saying "so," to say "oh." oh. <laughs> now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own co- conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sacrificed by the word of God and prayer. Oh, you may be seated. I'll go into the first point. As the world approaches chaos, we should approach holiness. The Holy Spirit warned us of a fallen world. The first thing I want to go over, the Holy Spirit says that some will lose their faith. We don't know why they will lose their faith, but we will know the outcome if they do. This outcome is never good. This can cause them to not believe in any words God. right? So with that, people could be spreading false prophets of the Bible. With those false prophets, everybody gets a different view of what the Bible says instead of interpreting what it means fully for what it truly stands for. These can also be brought by deceiving spirits. Deceiving spirits, they know the Bible more to itself and what it truly stands for than we would ever understand. It's like they got a degree in theology. If deceiving spirits do come to you, they can twist up God's word and they can make you believe things that you shouldn't believe. That's never good. People who are affected by this is anybody. It affects every generation, and especially in today's society, you got social media, you got the news, you got even people you talk to. They can spread false prophets. Doesn't doesn't discriminate. Now, it's not enough to know that people are leaving the faith, but must understand their reasoning for doing so. Everyone has their reason for leaving. I know a story of mine is that in ROTC, people would come in and join, and then they'll leave for no reason. It's kind of like the same thing in the church. You'll see somebody new, you'll say hi to them, they'll fill out their guest information card, and they'll never come back. This could lead to them being hypocrites, and with them being hypocrites, they'll tell false lies and false prophets. They'll be preaching the wrong thing, even though they're not actually studying the Bible. They're not coming to church on Sundays. They're not worshiping God for what he truly stands for. I can also cause people to not take God's word literally and not carefully either. This is also a bad thing. With that, going to my next point, we must follow God's word for its true definition and not our interpretation of it. Take God's word very carefully, there's no other way to put it. Take it for its true definition. If you paraphrase the definition, it doesn't stand for what it truly stands for. It stands for something that you want it to stand for. It fits our desires and not our needs. Um, I'm going to pass the mic to Kendell with the next point.
1: Yo, yo, yo. Good morning, everybody. My name's Kendall. I'm also a youth here at Core Faith. Uh, I'll be reading for 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 11, actually. Uh, if you want to turn there, you can. Uh, if you instruct the... Bre- oh, excuse me. I forgot to remove my glasses. In these things, you will be good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in words of the faith and of the good doctrine, which you have carefully followed, but reject profane and old wives, fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for by all things having promise of the life that is now and of which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance for to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe these things, command and teach. So I'm gonna be reading about godliness and godliness is profitable for all things. So how do you know fulfilling our calling? Um, if most of you know, but I play football uh, for Winter Springs High School, actually, not too far from here. Um, and I do a little bit of acting on the side. I, I've always had the love for acting. But uh, football, man, it's, it's been on and off in my life. I think I've, I quit twice, once when I was like younger, maybe like six or seven. And then again, I remember I played my freshman year, and then I took a year off for my sophomore year. But uh, I quit just because I felt like I wasn't really leading anywhere. You know, I felt like I was doing it for no reason. I didn't really have anywhere any plans of really playing professional football until this year, and it's been awesome ever since I started really pursuing the dream, along with acting. Uh, I didn't really do anything for acting. I remember I, I did take a, I did try and do drama. This year, but everything that they were teaching me already knew, so I just dropped this class. <laughs> but uh, how can we tell if we're fulfilling our calling? Uh, one way is by examining the fruit we bore, you know, the, like disciples and everything. I don't have any, I'm not making any right now. I'm being discipled actually, and I can tell you that Jonathan. Gets headaches from me, <laughs> for real. It's 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 a lot of hard work. I, I'm a little lazy with the process too. I don't do everything I should be. But we are making it through. We making it through. Um, it's also that instruction should be understood in a broad sense. You know, not just through classroom. You know, Sunday service. You know, there's there, you got to be living it too. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to just come to the church, you know, listen to the preaching, be like, oh, you know, he said this, he said that, but like actually live it. Go out, you know, do your thing. Actually have people looking at you saying, huh, I wonder where you got that from. Like, you know, come to court phase, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just invite him <them> here. <laughs> yeah. We also, second point, need to keep our priorities straight. We got to. A lot of priorities that I put over uh, my faith, which is not a very good thing, Uh, whether it's school, sports, work, you know, and I know a lot of y'all, y'all be busy throughout the week too, huh, you know, work, work is crazy, it does, it takes our focus away from what's really important, I mean, don't get me wrong, supporting family, making money, living your best life is very important, but it doesn't really mean anything, I mean, you can't, take all that wealth with you into the next life really right Uh, now the ancient greek and roman culture had a high value on physical exercise a lot how we have uh, a lot of value in our image and image nowadays is kind of a tricky thing because it's we want to believe that uh certain things are more important over others i know there's a lot of different movements that we have nowadays. A lot of different, I guess, health that we worry about now. A lot nowadays, which is good. You know what I'm saying? Support health, support physical um, well-being. But a lot of the images that we want to portray to fit in with the world nowadays are not really right. And because we're so we're trying so hard to try and fit that image, we're not really one being ourselves, and two, we're not really. You know, praising God through that at all. It's we wanna be fit in with the worldly sense, you can't really do that and try and walk the line of faith too. It's uh um, one of the things that I do that I try and fit in when it comes to images, um and what is it? I guess the way I talk, you know. You know, the slang nowadays, all the all these different slang words that we got. Some of them don't even make sense. Like <laughs> But to fit in, you gotta know the definition of all these different words, you know? And I guess some of them, nah, nah, none of them, none of them, no, nah, mind. <laughs> I ain't even going into that. It's Like every, every day is something new. Every day is something new, like, like cap, you know what I'm saying? Like hat, it's a hat, right? Or when you think of cap, you think of like a bottle cap, but now it means lie. Like why are you lying? Why are you capping, man? It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Another thing, our priorities must be on God's word, not the word of the world. We follow a lot what the world says, what the government says is right, what our friends is right. We want to fit in, you know? We don't want to be that person that people look to and be like, what's wrong with him? Who is that? I don't talk to him. We, we want everybody to like us right no (laughs) we got to keep our priorities straight we got to keep our priorities on the right thing and to do that we gotta be different we gotta be judged going back to what I said about image is that a lot nowadays nobody's safe nobody's safe Uh, There's kids in middle school saying things that they think is funny now and then. Uh, Years down the road, their career was over right when they posted that thing or said that thing because now somebody higher up and with more, I guess, support behind them didn't like what they said. Now their career was over before you even started and they didn't even know it. It's, It's a lot to handle, you know? Like before you even really got to live out your dreams, it was crushed because somebody didn't like what you said. And I think that's something we really need to fix—not in just in the church, but worldly too. Our image in the church is very important, also. Like going on what I said about not only just coming to church and listening to the um, listening to the message, or coming to a youth group. You know, maybe start your own little group. Bring your own, bring your friends. You know, what I'm saying start start making disciples. Hopefully, I'll start doing that one day but you got to keep our priority straight. But what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna get it to our leader here, Jonathan, and he is gonna come and he's gonna drop some knowledge, for real. <laughs> so without further ado, Jonathan.
2: Man, can we give a hand to all our youth? I can't begin to express to you guys the amount of nerves <laughs> these kids have been going back and forth with, not just this morning, but like the past three weeks, we've been working on this whole youth takeover thing for I think, what, almost, almost two and a half months. Yeah, two and a half months, and uh, we started with a, a blank piece of paper, and I remember telling the youth, here's what I'm thinking. And they all looked at me and said, "That's a lot." <laughs> and uh, they didn't they didn't make it easier on themselves. They didn't say, "Let's do this, let's do that." They said, "That's a lot. Let's do it." And man, i I cannot tell you how much they have poured into Joanna and I in doing this. It's, you know, we, we Joanna and I we spend a lot of our time prepping for Wednesdays we get our series planned in advance we're trying to figure out what games we can play with them so that we can still make it so that there's a gospel picture in the games but there's also fellowship at the same time so we can grow together and you know we we, we we're so wrapped up in that and sometimes when we just get to take a break sit down and, and hear what it is that they've been learning oh it's so amazing and I will also say this, for the youth, we don't just believe that, you know, we're just some like advanced babysitting service, right? I want to thank all the parents of the youth as well. You guys have been working with us non-stop. Everything that we teach there, you guys are also teaching at home. We work with you guys, you guys work with us. Sometimes I feel like I talk to the parents just as much as I talk to the youth. All the time, making sure they're there on time. You know, making sure we're doing events. And the parents have ideas, and we try and implement those. It, it's a lot, and to see these youth up here trying to truly take over the service. One of these days, we're gonna we're gonna be taking over the music ministry too. We got we got we got two singers and a drummer, so we're on our way. But I'm gonna get back first timothy there's a reason why we did first timothy and there's a reason why we call it our gospel identity first timothy chapter four that is our chapter for the youth but specifically our verse that we use is first timothy and i'll read it chapter four verse 12 so i'm going to start there and i'm going to read all the way to the end at verse 16 and it reads let no one despise your youth but be an example to the believers in word in conduct in love in spirit in faith and purity that is what our youth try to live by and that's a lot let's do it in verse 13 till i come give attention to reading to exhortation to doctrine Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So the third point. We are called to be examples. Oh, I forgot an of. We are called to be examples of Christ's teaching. Hopefully the of made it on there when they put it up there. If not, maybe you guys can fix it before you. Yeah, there we go. They probably fixed it on the fly. I guarantee you. There are so many examples that Christ has set. I mean, you look at the life of Christ I mean, and it's tough, like, you know, I I go through my own life, and I'm always wondering, like, man, what would Christ do? Like, that whole WWJD thing? But, like, that's a tough question to ask. Like, before, it was just, like, a fad. You had a little bracelet. Like, what would Jesus do? And it was, like, the the cop-out answer. Jesus would be nice, and Jesus would be loving. Yo, I, I don't know if you guys read the same Bible I do, but love, love is, like, the hardest thing to do. And it's not this wonderful picture of uh, roses and flowers and, and sunrises that would, you know, look so beautiful. No, man, like love is that picture. But the problem is, you don't got sometimes we don't realize who created all of that. And sometimes we don't realize that our sin taints that picture. So when we ask, what would Jesus do? Jesus went all the way to the cross, so when you're asking yourself, what would Jesus do when you're in that situation, are you willing to go all the way to the cross? I mean, there's, there's, there's some people that like, and I've, I've expressed this num- numerous times, and I know everyone has that one person that, you know, it's just, just tough to deal with them. You know, and I, I, was, I was talking about this with somebody. There, there's some people in my life that like I was holding on to. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to play the politics to keep the relationship going because I'm a Christian person, right? I'm a Christian, dude. I can't, I can't just X out a relationship because I don't like it. I got to do the Christian thing. And I was waiting, waiting for the moment for that person to say, I don't want to be friends with you no more. Because then it's their fault. And now I don't have to deal with you. But I did the Christian thing and I tried holding on to the relationship. But you're the one that broke it. So now I don't have to talk to you for the rest of my life. You made it easy for me. That's not what Jesus would do. We broke the relationship and he went to the cross. So how many times are you in those situations with somebody that you just want to, you want them to break the relationship so you don't have to deal with the hurt. You don't have to deal with the pain. You don't have to deal with the conversations. You don't have to deal with the complexities. You want them to break it so it's their fault. And you can just pray for them in your prayer closet and not do anything about it. How many of you are willing to do what Jesus did? And in that relationship, go all the way to the cross for them. That's not easy. And we're supposed to do that like, like what? Like what like what it said in Timothy? In conduct? He starts off with in, con- in word and conduct. So the way we speak and the way we act around those people, around those relationships. Sometimes those relationships that you want to X out of your life, they're in the church. But how many of you are willing to speak the way Jesus did? How many of you are willing to act the way Jesus did and do that in faith? And then very at the very end, he puts the icing on top in purity. Pure. do you know how pure how holy god is that no sin exists how many times in those those conversations do we really think that was the most purest thing i think i've ever said i think i've had that maybe once in my life <laughs> and i couldn't even take the credit because it was somebody else's quote I think it was bishops <laughs> but in verses 12 through 16 it, it it starts off let no one despise your youth slash age now in this case paul is talking to timothy timothy could be anywhere between 20 to 30 years old right and where he's at It's almost like it's not that he's necessarily dealing with a bunch of old heads. He's dealing with a bunch of experienced people who don't want to hear what he has to say. So when this, when you actually take this in his context, it's not saying don't let anyone just despise your youth. Don't let anyone despise what you're on fire for. Because it's not about your youth. It's not about your age. It's about where your heart is at. Paul is talking to Timothy's heart condition and saying, hey, your heart is in the right place. And I know nobody wants to hear it. But keep doing it. Don't let anyone despise you that way. You keep pushing. He tells him to be an example setter. I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing. And I, I don't know, and I'm not going to be getting into any, any social issues or anything like that today. But I don't know if any of you guys know what's going on with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, right? I ain't going to get into that. That's not my goal. But I'm, I'm thinking, like, I was thinking while I was, I was watching, because I'm, I'm trying to keep up to date with some of this stuff. And there's way too much stuff. But y'all know that. When our life is done here, do you know who we go and see? You know what he's called? The judge. And do you guys know what you step into? A courtroom. And do you know who the lawyers are? Demons. And you got Jesus. I mean, I'm watching, like, the pieces and portions of this, this trial, and their life is getting picked to pieces. And it's getting analyzed by the jury, by the judge. Everyone's trying to figure out what little word was a lie, what little up. I mean, they're trying to, I mean, I can't remember what I ate five days ago. And then somehow I'm supposed to be like, you're supposed to be up there remembering what happened, uh, you know, five years ago. And their life is getting picked to pieces. Every single aspect of depths and herds relationship is out there in the open for the public to see. For you to make your opinion about them, whatever it is. Now imagine you going up like this is what this is how I used to imagine the courtroom after here. I'm up there, the devil's like, listen, he's not a good person, look at all these bad things, and Jesus' is like, nah, but he saved, he walked with me. So let's come on through, right? Real quick. Boom. Uh-uh. The devil's gonna take every single moment to try and pull you down, even after this. He's trying to get you here and he's trying to get you in the courtroom too. So you better bet he knows what you did in your life, he knows what steps you took. So when you're up there, your life is going to be put on blast for you to see it yourself. And I'm sorry, if Jesus ain't in your corner, you gonna have, I don't know what, no representation. It's not like you get like issued a lawyer. It's not like Peter going to come up and be like, well, Jesus ain't here today, so I'm going to be here. No, I'm sorry. You have zero representation because what is he going to say? I don't know who you are. I issued out a contract. You didn't want to sign it with me. You didn't want me to be your lawyer. It's not like, it's not like you know, I, I said no, it was out there. But you didn't want to walk in the words of Jesus. You don't want to walk in his conduct in faith and in purity. I'm sorry. You're on your own. And I'll tell you what, Kendall and Marcelo said it. The demons. They got their majors in theology. They know the Bible. They spent time with God. They fell from there. They know who he is, and they know how to twist his words. So, it's tough, man. And I don't want to get up there without that representation. I'm telling you. One of the last few things that Paul tells Timothy is do not neglect the gift that is in you. You all saw a lot of gifts up here today. It was beautiful, right? i tell you what, those kids aren't neglecting their gifts. They're putting them to work. But there's a lot of times where we got gifts and we neglect them, man. Bishop, Bishop trying to make me a preacher. I told, I told him, I'll preach. I'm not a preacher. There's a difference. But not here. And I'm trying to say I'm neglecting my gift. I mean, I'm up here, right? But... Bishop has been trying to get me up here. I remember the first time he asked me. I told him no, like, for, like, what, two years before I actually came up here. And then I didn't even tell him yes. He said, listen, I want you to, you know, uh, forge. Um, Dr. Pete put on this thing where he was trying to get people who maybe were interested in, in, in preaching and wanted to get through that stuff and, and learn some things. I didn't want to go, but Bishop asked me to do it. And since I told him no, I felt bad. I was like, let me do this. And then that was, like, my first, like, preaching experience and then, like, literally, like, a month later, Bishop was like, you went through the training. It's, it's time. <laughs> I neglected that gift for a long time. And, man, once I started really preaching and I, I realized how important it is and, and not just for getting the word out to the congregation, but for myself... Because there's so many times where I'm up here preaching and I'm like, oh, that's what God wanted to say. Like, I'm like struggling with the Bible, struggling with the word. And all of a sudden I get up here and then the Holy Spirit's like, boom, he just says it. Right. And then I'm like, oh, that's what it was. Um, But the Holy Spirit ain't going to work in you if you're not working on your gifts. Like, How, how is the Holy Spirit going to help you really activate The gifts that you have of discernment, of helping, of healing, of serving, of preaching, of prophesying. If you ain't doing your due diligence to have a good relationship with Christ. Because there's nothing there for the Holy Spirit to work on. They talked about football and acting and ROTC. The only way you get good at those things, sometimes you got natural talent and that takes you to a certain place. But at some point, you got to start training. And it's the same thing. Some of you guys have like a natural inclination for some things. But if you're not training, man, what is the Holy Spirit going to do with you? So it's important. It's super important. Paul ends his address to Timothy with this. He says all these things, right? And then he says, give yourself entirely to them entirely which means basically every single aspect of your life is to be given entirely to it eat sleep breathe these things i'll be honest with you guys right now i do not eat sleep breathe jesus 247, 365 it's tough some days I get I get tired, some days I'm just I don't want to do it. But we have to strive for that. We have to strive for perfection and we're here to do it together. All right? I'll tell you what, I am striving for perfection every single time and these youth keep me accountable because they they think I'm some type of guru or whatever. but man, that that moment where I slip up, oh you better bet, they are on me. I used to make fun of Marcelo and Alex for always showing up late, always. Youth starts at 7, Like for everyone to start gathering, but then we get started right at 7.15. These boys rolling in at 7.45 with McDonald's and Chick-fil-A. Like, and I would get on them and on them and on them, and then they started showing up on time. The one day I was late, I heard it for a month. Youth starts at seven o'clock. You showed up at 7.06. Y'all laugh, but if Bishop showed up five minutes late for a preaching and then held you here for five minutes extra, y'all be a little upset. Like, yo Bishop, I thought we were getting out on time today for lunch. Just cause you showed up late doesn't mean church gotta go late. Y'all, that, those laughs are good. <laughs> those laughs are good. Let me tell you why. Because when we grow together and people call you out, don't get offended, man. Don't get offended about it. Laugh. Recognize. Yo, I messed up. Thank you. Get some humility. Laugh. And then get straight to work and start training. Because i tell you what. For the next two months, you better bet, I showed up at 6.50. i made it work it's a it's a habit now and it's a good habit right (laughs) all right my main point i know we normally start with a big idea but i'm gonna give you my big idea at the end this is my main point for you guys the world may be taking the turn for the worst but God desires to take us into His holy presence. Right? You guys shouldn't be surprised. I hear this all too often. Oh man, look what this world has come to. Oh man, look at this next generation coming up. What are TikTok videos and all this stuff? It's going to damage their brain. Yeah, people say all these things, but man, I bet you your guys' old heads when you know when you guys were young Bucks, right? They were saying, look at these kids playing with their, I don't know what, marbles? When you see what... <laughs> 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 Oh, you guys had Atari? I'm sorry, I grew up in the era of Super Nintendo, so, like... <laughs> right? But I'm sure, I'm sure your seniors were looking at the things you were doing, and they're like, we didn't used to do those things. We got to work. I didn't have that choice. My, my grandpa put me to work straight on the farm right away. I was five years old. I was already driving a tractor. Right? And what ends up happening? What do the say to the old heads? Y'all just don't get it. Y'all do not understand. You don't know what I'm going through. No cap. Stop capping. <laughs> it's not about what your grandpappy did to you. Look what grandpappy's doing to me right now. So you end up with this huge disconnect between generations. And if y'all look at the Old Testament and you guys see the generations of Israel, what happens every time there's a disconnect between generations? Israel falls to the point where a nation can split. I tell you what, you guys won't ever truly walk in the shoes of your kids. You don't see what they see when they're in school. You don't see the attacks that the enemy has on them. You don't know what it's like sitting in a high school bathroom nowadays, and it's filled up with vape smoke. These kids deal with this daily. Maybe back in your day, someone was trying to hand you a pack of cigarettes, but now they got vape smoke. They got ways to hide it. They have all these different mediums of trying to get contacted to how, you know. And sometimes these kids get offered this like, hey, you don't got to puff it. I just need you to sell it, and I'll give you a cut of the price. Wheeling and dealing starts young, and everything changes. Nothing's new under the sun, but you better bet the enemy's going to change his tactics just a little bit so the parents don't see what's going on. And sometimes we get so caught up in how different this generation is And we try telling them from our legalistic view, that's not how I did it, and that's not how it's going to work. And because you're legalistic with what you think works, there's a disconnect. Then you don't know what's going on in your kid's life. We need to approach the generation with humility, understand where they're coming from, so we can give them the truth. Because I'll tell you what, you're not there with them. You're not there in school with them. But if you're raising them up in the way they should go, you know what they have with them? The sword and the shield. Well, this ain't a Bible, but it has the Bible in it. That gospel is what's going to be their filter, not you. The word of God is what's going to get them through all the temptations they see on the daily. Not you. Not me. Not me. I'm not here every Wednesday, Joanna and I, trying to do cleanup work. That's not what we're doing. We're trying to give them the ultimate provider. And we're not even the ones that give that to them. That's already provided. All they gotta do is reach out. That's all we can do. If we wanna stop this disconnect, and I'm telling you right now, don't be blind to it, because there is a very large disconnect. I see it every week we need to approach our kids with humility you don't walk in their shoes the Holy Spirit does though that's the best way for you to help them out and for my youth it ain't about you either I'll tell you what your seniors they need you just as much as they need you guys need them You need to approach them in humility as well because it ain't a one-way street. God is at the center of everything. For my youth, I love you guys, but you also need to get into your word because your parents got a lot going on. They're trying to provide for you. They're trying to make sure they're raising you right. They're trying to do everything they can in their power to make sure they're being Christians. They're doing everything the way God has asked them to do. And on top of that, they want you to be the best that you can be. And sometimes they get caught up in that. And you as youth, pray for them. Be be humble when you approach them and say, Mom, Dad, I love you. I think this is what God is trying to say for us. Because it is a two-way street, my youth. I love you guys. I know I'm on your team. But first and foremost, I'm on team gospel. And that applies to everyone no matter where you are in your walk in life. I'll leave you guys with these questions and then I'm going to transition into communion. This ain't just for the old heads or just the youth. This is for everyone. Do you live a life that sets a gospel example? And there ain't no age limit on that you can be four years old question still applies and secondly have we given ourselves entirely to christ's mission entirely everything every aspect of you hasn't been given entirely i love you core faith i love you guys so much